Fisher Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk Podcast for a Thursday, Kate McCarthy, AFLW superstar, retired now, media mogul in the making, in studio. We preview the massive game between Port and Geelong. And Blues fans, we have some stats with Ethan Meldrum that may have you pulling more of your hair out. This is the Footy Talk Podcast coming up next. Footy Talk time for your Thursday and an absolute treat, privilege and honour to have one of my all-time favourites over at Triple M, in the studio with me, Kate McCarthy. Welcome. Daisy Thomas, it's fantastic to be here. I love working alongside you, so this should be a lot of fun. It should be. I have a lot of admiration for you and what you're doing in the media space, and we will get to that uh, in a moment. But I was doing a little bit of background, and before we get to your AFLW career, which was outstanding, I read that you've had a pacemaker since 10. Now, is that factual, or has Wikipedia sent me way up the river? It would be a random uh, fact to make up about someone. (laughs) No, no one did make that up. That is true. Um, I have a grade three heart blockage, so it's intermittent, so my heart just decides now and again that it's had enough and doesn't want to keep beating. So, um, yeah, I went through a little bit when I was a kid. I was very lucky that I think I was so young. I think it would have been pretty stressful for mum and dad. Yeah, Um, for sure. But I was blessed with a fair bit of innocence and naivety. Um, But yeah, got that when I was 10 and been fine ever since. Um, And it hasn't really stopped me from doing a whole lot. That's incredible. So never even a thought of stopping your professional path of an athlete? Um, So at first I was told I couldn't play contact sport. um, But back at the, when I was playing, uh, when I was 10, I had no thoughts of playing any sort of contact sport. So it was fine. Um, I was just a little girl. So girls don't play contact sport. Um, (laughs) And yeah, then I sort of got to the point where I was really enjoying training for AFL because a friend of mine asked me to come down and do some sessions just for fun. Um, and then I was sort of asked to play because they were really short on the weekend. This was back when women's footy was struggling a little bit in Queensland. Yeah. There was uh, scraping the barrel for numbers most weekends. Um, and yeah, I sort of, the first round I didn't check with my mum. I didn't tell my mum. I was like, if my mum finds out, she will kill me. Um, so I went did and I was like, out? yeah, she did. Well, I told her eventually. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, oh, I'll just sit in the forward pocket. I'll be fine. I won't even get any contact. Um, I went on and I reckon I stood there for about 30 seconds. It was like, all right, this is boring. I'm going to go up around the footy. Um, and yeah, played that one and was fine. And then was like, okay, I like love this game and I love playing it. So I'm going to have to get some clearance somewhere. Um, told my mum and she was like, all right, you need to go straight to the cardiologist. Went there and luckily enough, he was like, nah, look, I don't see there being any issues with it. Um, the force that you'd need to sort of cause any damage wouldn't be elicited on a football field. Yep. So, um, yeah, he gave me the clearance. There was a little question mark over it when I did get drafted, though. The AFL was a little bit funny about sort of, I guess, liability and things like that, which is fair. Did they um, make you sign any extra documents? Yeah, so I had they to get did. I had to get full clearance from our doctor at the club and also my cardiologist to kind of sign off on it. So yeah. I guess if anything did happen, it, it wasn't their fault. It was my cardiologist's <laughs> fault. So. so that is effectively your pathway to AFL. Yeah, that you, is it. Yeah. You started as a fill-in. Yes. I started as a, a train on <laughs> when wow. there wasn't even enough to make the team. Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I was playing touch footy, which is big up in Queensland um, and just got a bit sick of it, was playing it for probably 10 or 12 years and just needed something different. And my friend was like, yeah, just come to footy training. I know you can't play, but it'll be fun. And it's so much fun. Um, and it was. And then, yeah, played that game under wraps from parents and anyone else knowing. Um, and then, yeah, loved it so much that I didn't want to stop. So, yeah, took the 
the medical pathways to get cleared. And then 2017 rolls around, the first AFLW draft. Were you hopeful, expected to be drafted? Yeah, so halfway through the year before, we had an exhibition match at the G against Melbourne, who was basically four AFLW clubs combined against the Lions. So early on in the days of women's footy, there was the Bulldogs and Melbourne and they had their exhibition matches. Um, And if you look back at their lists, they were loaded. Like some of the biggest superstars that you've got now in those two teams. Who was the AFLW team that was dominant? The one Um, that Darcy Vessio and that used to play for? So that would be, I think Darcy was Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure. But before that, something starting with D. Oh, Darabin Falcons, the VFLW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of Darabin Falcons floating around. Yep. Um, And so we played them. We got absolutely pantsed on the G, like a lot of goals to not many. Um, But I kicked two and I was very happy with that. And I got a best on ground performance. Um, And from there, Craig Starsevich actually told me, years down the track that Gil McLaughlin came up to him after that game and said, well, I know it wasn't your day, but you found one there. So that was so nice to hear that. Um, And yeah, from there, I sort of was like, oh, maybe I'm a chance to actually get drafted. Um, And then was big number pick 82, um, which is not even, doesn't even exist um, anymore in women's drafts. (laughs) They go, all the good players, and they've said this for a long time, (laughs) all the good players go inside the top 83. So you snuck in. I just snuck in. I think that's an official quote. Um, And then got (laughs) traded to Saints. And when I got traded, I was a first round pick. So that's, that's all that matters now. Yep. I was a first rounder. (laughs) So you played 42 games. Yep. All Australian 2017. So in your first year, 2017. All Australian and the leading goal kicker at the Lions. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think I was just lucky because no one knew anything about me, so <laughs> just that um, element of surprise. And was yeah. it enjoyable your AFLW career? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I never thought. I think having come from Brisbane, the first couple of years, I didn't really understand the significance of it, and I think a lot of us didn't really understand how big it was going to be looking back. Um, but being able to be I guess some of the first that have been able to play footy. Um, and a lot of people talk about the the young girls and young boys now that now it's so normal to see women's footy um, to the point where my, my nephew watches the men's footy and then turns to his mum, my sister, and goes, so do the ladies come on now? Right. <laughs> um, so it's just once the boys play, the girls yeah. play straight after. Um, and... Yeah, I think the other thing that we sometimes forget is the older women that didn't have the chance to, that footy was everything for them and they played levels that were just local levels because there was no VFLW even in that stage and they just, what we can do for them to wear their team's colours that they probably would have dreamt about but it wasn't a possibility for them, um, we've been able to do that now. As part of how it's evolving, the AFLW, and it probably will take time, obviously the men's game has taken a long while, 150-odd years in, is there a little bit of frustration across the ranks with how, I guess, the fixturing comes out, how it's only a 10-game season still? It sometimes can sort of, and I'm sure you've got a better grasp on it than me, but looking at it from an outside in, it almost looks a little bit like, well, right, where can we sort of put it that you know fits the men's season best? Is yeah, there a bit of that? Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's really frustrated me the last few years especially is this we get right up to the point where we're about to start and we still don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't just been, obviously that's happening now. There's no CBA done. We don't know how many rounds we're going to be going for this season. There's talk that the AFL wants to keep it at 10 rounds for the next six years or something. But so do we know why that is? Are they giving any indication as to why? No, for, for us, like for me personally, I can't speak on behalf of any of the other players. It just feels like it's a bit of an afterthought, to be honest. It's, 
right, we need to sort all this other stuff out for men's footy um, and then we'll eventually negotiate on the women's footy and the closer we can get it, the more desperate they'll be to sign something. So let's hope that works in our favour. Nathan Burke had a great quote on Saturday. He said, no one wants to play 10 games. Give them a pathway to a proper league rather than an exhibition of women's football tagged onto the men's season. Yeah. And the thing that I have the problem with 10 games is they were really keen to bring in the last four teams, making it an 18-team competition but then had no growth in the amount of games that we play. So how can you have a fair competition where there's 10 games and yeah. 18 teams? If if it's costs and if that's the reason why we can't increase it incrementally, I'm not saying we need to go to 18 games this season. That's not true. But we're, all we're asking or all the players are asking for is a slow increase to get there by 2026, 17 rounds by 2026. So there's no path or plan put to you guys about this is where we're headed this is where we're going no so they've i think the current deal that the afl has presented to the pa is 10 games for the next six years and are the pa pushing back yes have yeah. you got reps yeah, yeah so that's why there's talk of a strike because okay. i think at the moment where we are well, where the players are sorry i'm not a player anymore <laughs> and where the afl is is miles apart so there's a negotiation process that needs to happen um i'm not privy to what sort of where they are in that um, negotiation process. But just for me personally, that was part of the reason I decided to retire. Um, I mean, I hadn't played my best footy for a few years, so that definitely contributed. Yeah, <laughs> um, but also but not also, knowing. It's like as a player that's part-time, you have no idea when you're going to be playing football. And these players still don't know up to what point. We know when the season starts. We don't know when it finishes. So you can't book Christmas holidays. You can't book any kind of holiday because you're not really sure when your preseason for next year will start. You also work outside of it as a teacher. So. Exactly. So it's just this constant question mark around your life. It, it really does rule your life, even though it's not full-time, probably to the point where it's worse than what it would be at full-time athlete status yeah. because it's so inflexible. You don't know when anything's happening. There's this constant question mark over all right, when does our season start? Oh, we don't actually know. So when can we go away? Biggest anxiety. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, And when do I have to be in in peak performance for that first day of preseason? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, As you said now, though, thankfully you don't have to worry about that because you have hung up the boots. You're a teacher by day, as I said. You're also an assistant coach at the Doggies in the AFLW program. But the thing that I am most admire you, and, and as I said off the top, draw some inspiration about is the work that you do in the media. So you're doing Triple M stuff, which is fantastic. Also Channel 7 work as well. How do you find coming into the male-dominated media center at the MCG or wherever it is? Because I sit there, we have a, a good joke between ourselves, but at times it can be, one, intimidating, but two, also a bit awkward. Yeah, definitely. Both of those things, <laughs> intimidating and slightly awkward at times. Um, I think when I first did specials in Melbourne, I sort of had a look around because in Brisbane, you're sort of in the radio box and you don't really see any other broadcasters around. Yep. Um, whereas in Melbourne, it's really good. You've got the glass panels, you see up and down who's commentating where. And so many times, I think most of the time I look around and I'm like, oh, great. Like I'm the only girl here again. Um, and it's just, it is a bit intimidating because I mean, as an AFLW player, I've played 42 games. I played seven seasons and I played 42 games. And as a men's player, you play seven seasons and you play... You're 150. Yeah, 150. Yeah. yeah. And I look around and I'm like, God, these guys have so much more experience than I do. And 
they're big names in the industry. Like I still walk past people and they probably think I'm the work experience girl. <laughs> like that's just come in to, yeah. I don't know, fill a quota <laughs> or something. Um, and, and you do have those doubts about yourself. You're like, am I actually on here? Cause I know what I'm talking about. Or am, am I on here? Because we kind of need a bit of female representation. And they're things that I think as you'd sort of keep going on or get feedback from other people, you're like, oh no, like I'm actually all right at what I do. Um, I'm doing an okay job. I am here because I know how to talk about football, but there's always those little like demons that you have in your head. You're like, oh God, like, am I just here because yeah, I can fill, fill a quota or fit the void, fill the void that's kind of left here because we're progressing as a society. I love the fact that when you do do your specials and I love working alongside you because I think the way you see the game and the way you articulate it is as good as anyone in the industry. And I know every now and then you'll make a comment or say something and you'll get a sort of turn around from the, the front <laughs> row or, or someone will be like, oh, wow, like a, a little you know, tick of affirmation of yep. you actually really know what you're talking about, which I don't know if that's a, a term of endearment or it's a little bit condescending or however yeah, that and comes that's across. It, that's but it. It's, it's that thing where, I don't know, and this could be completely wrong, but I reckon when you walked into the box, it was, oh, Daisy Thomas, like he's a legend. He knows his footy because it's it's clear you do and you absolutely – you you put a career together on the field that showed that you were a fantastic player, you were a leader in teams and you knew what you were doing. Whereas I walk into the box, it's like, oh, this is Kate McCarthy. Who's that? I'll do a bit of research on her so I know what she's done in her yeah. career. Um, and then I say something and that's exactly right. It's like, oh, all right. She's all right. Yeah. But if you said it, it's like, oh, yes, Daisy. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it once again. <laughs> I, and, I still feel, because yeah. I remember the sort of trepidation I had at the, the early days as well. You know, you're working alongside some of the greats and a lot of them are you know, greats of yesteryear Absolutely. as well. So big, big names. And it did... For me, it still took a little bit of, you said one or two things when you got your opportunity and they're like, okay, okay, we can let the boy speak. And, <laughs> yep, and, and no it. doubt I've seen a little bit of that with you. So brilliant stuff. Are you enjoying it? Do you Loving love the media stuff? I love stuff? it. I yeah. love it. I just, I can't believe that I get to sit in the best seat in the house and watch footy and talk about it and get paid to do it. Yeah. It's honestly a dream and it's such a fun job. Yeah. Um, and if it's all I could do, it's all I would do. I love it. Love it so much. Brilliant. And doing a great job of it. Hey, Katie, stick around. After the break, we're going to preview the big game tonight between Port and Geelong. Geelong, well, they're getting some players back and Port are absolutely flying. This is the Footy Talk podcast, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you, only if it's positive, of course. Ethan Meldrum has wandered into the studio, the number two stats man at Triple M, and that isn't a dig. That's just factual because True Man has been here longer than most of the furniture in this building. Welcome. Uh, hello, this da- new building. He's <laughs> definitely been here longer than that. He's been here once or twice. I can't compete with two day, two night. It's just like people have talked it up and it's just not happening. Are you planning on sort of a an attack via the cricket to get your stats up? I think that's already happened, to be fair. Oh. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> anyway, I, I did the entire I did the entire test summer. Yes. Like I don't know if that's conversation. Chew can have footy. Is Chew on holiday or <laughs> 
Chew <laughs> knocked it back. Chew's um, got footy, I got cricket. That's you, fine. You come in, and for the people who haven't or are just new to the podcast, Ethan is a magician with the numbers, but you go through and you sift through everything in the world of AFL and come up with three nuggets. Where are we going today? Yeah, we'll start with Carlton. They've been a big talking point, of course. All That's th- not a sifting through anything. That's just going to the toilet and picking up a poop and going, there's Carlton. <laughs> and it is, it is a bit shitty at the moment. They're goal-kicking at the moment. So Champion Day has got a thing called expected score, and yep. all three of us are at the game on, on Sunday night. Mm. They wasted a few chances, Carlton. So expected score, basically what champion data expect you to score based on position and pressure. So, you know, if you're one meter out directly in front, they'll award six points all the way down to zero. Carlton's result, they were minus 33 points to their expected score. They, they scored six goals, 16, should have scored 85 if they'd gone at the AFL average. Worst result by a team since late 2021. They've been below their expected score in the last five games. They were six points ahead of Essendon's expected score on oh, Sunday night. Oh, Blues fans in the car on their walks now would be pulling their hair out. So expected score, take your opportunities, you win the game by a goal. Correct. Oh, yuck. So that comes down to shots that they basically had. Yeah, so and all, should have all yeah, should have yeah, right. kicked. If they'd gone oh, at any no. sort of AFL average, they would have beaten Essendon by six points. They've been below their expected score five games in a row. Their top top six players for expected score all going below the AFL average. I think that says two things. One, their goal kicking's been crap. Pre- Pretty, yep. pretty terrible. Well, we know that. Crap. But I think it also says that maybe their record's not as bad as suggested. That and is... on that, it also shows that their system's working mm. up until the point where they have the shot at goal. So there's all this talk about Vossi and get rid of him and whatever else we want to say. But it's actually working. It's yeah. getting them opportunities. He can't kick the goal for them. Nope, he so cannot. So there's mm. something that is going right and we know exactly what's going wrong. Okay, well, that's probably the the area when he's saying there's some frustration because no doubt he would be across that. Well, that was a good start. Number two, Banger? Number two, Shea Bolton. Just looking at his last six weeks, oh, yeah. he was incredible against the Dockers on uh, on Saturday night. He's the number two rated player in the competition behind Zach Butters, who we know is having an absolute world of a season. In the last six weeks, second for inside 50s, third for metres gained, third for score involvements, top 10 in the comp for all sorts of things, loose ball gets, running bounces, broken tackles, all of the good things that you want. He's now playing almost full-time mid, and he's having an incredible run at the moment, Shea Bolton. Certainly is. He's last quarter on the weekend. I think he had 13 or 14 touches in a goal, in a quarter, in the wet. He was skill level, a class above. We love what he's doing. And he's always been so good on his good games, and I think yes. he's getting that consistency up now. We've heard the last five rounds, and he's been so good and yep. so consistent, and that's a, such a positive for Richmond fans because he could float in and out of games previously. Now he's just doing his thing regularly. Yeah, I think with those with those 13 disposals, also had like three or four intercepts. He had 440 metres gained in the last in the quarter, last quarter alone. alone. That's brilliant. Just That's why that'll get the fight, uh, Tigers fans up and about. It is a proper game winning quarter, that one. Last one. Is this your best? Have you saved the best to last, or did you start with the best? Uh, it's cu- it, it sort of depends. We'll I, I like this last one. <laughs> I like this last one. Right. Top five. I normally do a top five. Top five kicks in the game at the moment. So, Champion Data's got the player ratings. They break it down into all sorts of different parts of the game. Field kicking is one of them. So, these are the top five players who have sort of gained the most points via their field kicking this year. I've had to put a filter on sort of games played because number one otherwise was Trey Rusco, who's played one game. I don't think he's the number one field kicker in the competition. Well, he had the, a good game. The stats don't lie, mate. <laughs> the, the, the stats don't lie, but like if we if we go full season. Yes, we'll, righto. We'll so, what, uh, what caveat did you put under it? More than... 10 games? Yeah, 10 games. Yeah, okay, good. So equal fourth. So I tried to do a top five, but there are four players. Right. There are three players on equal fourth. Carl Amon, 
yes. uh, which sort of surprised me. Doing well for Hawthorne. Dan Houston having a ripper season Not down surprising. back. And Shea Bolton again. They're all equal fourth. Third in the league should come as no surprise. It's Nick Dacos. He's the third best kick in the competition, according to Champion Data, on field kicking. Yep. Jaden Short is number two. And then number one is the new Essendon skipper, Zach Merritt. Yeah, no surprise. He's, he was the number one rated player in the in the game across both rounds 10 and round 12. He's been remarkable. He's going at like 70, 78% by foot over the last month. Number one field kick in the game at the moment. That's impressive. The thing I love about that too is all of those players are players that get a lot of the footy. Yeah. So mm. their consistency needs to be high. Um, so when they get a lot of the footy, they've got a lot of opportunity to not hit targets. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Zach Merritt, we've seen what he could do. And even on Sunday night, he was tagged out of the first half and then completely changed the game in the third quarter when he floated forward. So good list. And thanks for doing my prep for the weekend there, yeah. Ethan. Yeah, That's absolutely. why we were writing it down. We're all set for the game. <laughs> <I'll>, uh, <laughs> I've never, can... never seen two people pick up pens <laughs> faster than when I wrote, started writing. If you could print out, out that uh, explanation of the expected scores too, I'd love to get that somehow <laughs> into some of the work I do. Uh, let's have a little preview of tonight's game before we wrap this up. It's been a brilliant episode of the Footy Talk Pod. Port taking on Geelong. Port going for 11 in a row. Back on their home patch. Geelong, we're expecting to get some players back. How many? We're not sure. Your expectations in this one? I think this will be a good game. I think if Dangerfield is back, which like we're all expecting, yep. but you never know with you Chris Scott and his little outs. shifty um, late changes. Um, but yeah, I think Geelong will be far more competitive. I think the question for me is still that back line. Like they've got still so many injuries back there um, and the midfield as well. But um, Dangerfield and um, I think they're also expecting Holmes back in yep. too. And I Who's think they'll a big part. Yeah, they'll both add a lot to that. But I mean, Port Adelaide in general, but Port, Adela- Port Adelaide at home. Huge. What are your thoughts, Dace? Uh, 11 in a row, I think they can certainly do. Uh, at the moment, if you're backing both the teams just on pure trust and what they've been able to do, you have to go with Port. The way they're playing is phenomenal. You'd love to play in that side. If you're in a position to get the ball a little bit like the Pies, you get it. They will find a way to get you the ball. They take on bold kicks, which I think can expose that Geelong back line as well. And I could comfortably see them winning this one by four or five goals. And I think if they do, we then start to seriously talk about them as a, a genuine contender. I think right now we probably all have Collingwood and Melbourne uh, as the number one, two seeds after what we saw on King's birthday. Port chasing, but I think a scalp against the Cats. And if it's in a very good fashion, I think we all sit up and take notice. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... There's a few question marks over Port for no real reason other than we just want to see them do it for longer yep. um, and do it against the really top teams that they have been doing. And, I mean, you say do it for longer, but they've won 10 in a row. So that's, that's a pretty good length of time. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think moving towards September, we want to take see them take that game to the next level and take it up to the top teams as well. So I think if they finish top two... They are such a chance at being in a grand final for sure. Any numbers you want to bring to this one? Well, I like that Geelong's got the number one offensive efficiency in the competition. Uh, Where do Port sit in that? Because I'd imagine they'd be pretty high considering they kicked 98 98 points up in a half yesterday. That should have (laughs) inflated their numbers. Leading leading Hawthorne by like 96 points at one stage. I don't actually know where they sit. I didn't pass number one. But that's all right. So so we both got wherever Port sit, I think it would comfortably be within the top eight to top four. Yeah. Well, they're the number one forward half team in the competition by a long way at the moment, Port Adelaide. So that should be a high scoring affair with a fair bit of turnover if they are both going to play bold and try and take on big kicks, which means you become super efficient going forward. Mm, I agree. I reckon I've, I'm tipping the Cats. Oh, upset. Ooh. 
I'm going against the grain here. Right. I, I reckon Geelong's ceiling is still quite high, despite the fact they've thrown away a number of games. I like it. Hey, brilliant stuff from you, Eth. We appreciate that. You'll be across uh, all your weekends footy with all the stats you need. Katie Mack, thank you so much for coming in. We love everything you're doing. Thank you for your honesty in and around all those subjects. We love what you do. Thanks, Dave. It's been great to be on Footy Talk. You betcha. This has been the Footy Talk podcast. Tomorrow, Joey and Jack Heverin, they dissect the Port V Geelong game plus preview your Friday night footy. This has been the Footy Talk pod. Listener.